Welcome to the Sonic Collective. It is December 2018, and we are reviewing our picks for the month of December. And this month, we decided to look at four soundtracks that matter, something we generally don't do as soundtracks. Uh, this is Scott Coates. It was my pick this month. I'm in Bangkok, Thailand. And with me, as always, are Scott Gregory, Alan Dupuy, and Darren Scott in Calgary, Alberta. How are you guys doing? Hey. Good, good, man. Yeah, doing well, thanks. I was telling the guys, I, I play fantasy football, and to our listeners who play fantasy football, they'll appreciate that I am in my Super Bowl and headily uh, with a sound lead, and I'm about to win $1,000, so I'm feeling pretty good. Cha-ching. Well, yeah. well done. Yeah. I am shirtless with a fan on, and the patio <laughs> door is open in Bangkok. Uh, just uh, cool. Comparable. Mm. So this was an interesting month, and I think the, the range of picks were equally wide and interesting um hey who picked uh was it scott gregory did you pick romeo and juliet i did let's start there tell us what ah! about the album you tricked you me ah, you no tricked better. me uh yeah it's i mean we were really looking yeah it was a really great movie i really enjoyed it i i really wanted to capture a couple different elements of, of soundtracks where you have uh, a couple really big songs that get pulled in. You have songs that have appeared actually in the movie itself that were created for it. Uh, and and that tied kind of the movie to the period that it was made in. In this case, the 90s. Uh, Boz Lerman's movie itself was ridiculously 90s uh, through like the uh, cinematography and scripting. And... Um, yeah, I thought the soundtrack came out that way as well, too. It had a number of my favorite artists on it. Garbage, Everclear, uh, The Cardigans, Radiohead, all really big names in that moment. Some of them still really big names. And uh, it came out again? What year? 96, it was wasn't it? 96, 97? Yeah. Yeah, so it was right just in that sweet spot in the 90s. Uh, where you could get some good rock, some good pop, smash it all together, throw it in a movie, and uh, watch Leonardo DiCaprio die. <laughs> yeah, if uh, I may jump in. I unfortunately didn't get to rewatch any of the movies, so that was kind of my plan, was to watch the movies that went along with these. I don't know how many... Who watched Romeo and Juliet? Did any of you give it... Uh, no, I only got to see The uh, Greatest Showman. It was on like a couple of weeks prior, which is what put it back in my mind. So I had watched it right. before we uh, okay. we had said it. So okay, but so I've seen it. Seen I've seen it like times. a dozen or so times in my life. I'm a big Shakespeare fan, uh, and I'm a big Leonardo DiCaprio dying fan. So, <laughs> so you love Titanic. Titanic is amazing. I've only seen that scene from Titanic. I like watching him languish in junky torture in the basketball diaries. It's all good. There's so many options out there. <laughs> well, I only saw this when it came out in the theaters like many years ago. And I was a DJ at the time. So I remember this album being rather big. Mm. Um, an unfortunate thing is I have an, uh, an iTunes membership. And there's like one, two, three, four songs that you can't listen to off the album. I don't know why. They're blanked oh. out. Really? 
country yeah. thing. Yeah, not here, not here. Yeah, but it took me back a bit. You know, like yeah. Love Fool obviously was the big hit. I remember as a DJ, mm -hmm. like Love Fool was really, really big. And it's a great mix of music. Like, it, it, I probably will watch a movie again. Like, I like Everclear and then even like One Inch Punch and Gavin Friday, uh, bands I don't really know well, but the music is is pretty, you know, pretty raw and, and, and it's a really eclectic, cool mix of music. So I, I did enjoy listening to the soundtrack and I probably will have to go back and watch the movie. Nice. Yeah, I agree. It's funny you mentioned that you were a DJ at the time because one of the things I remember about it was uh, I was at the same time bartending as well in the uh, Backstreet and that was, there was a few albums you could put on and usually compilations like soundtracks, things that, it just like before it got busy, you would just put on the album and let it play end to end. And I remember like big shiny tunes, you would always do that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I do remember the Romeo, this soundtrack being one of them and, and liking at the time, but I kind of forgot about it. And I actually texted Scott at one point, I was in Edmonton last week and, um, and I, I put it on and I will admit like now the cannabis is legal in Canada. I had gone <laughs> and bought some and I what? bought some of the tragically hip. They realized they only uh, part owners in a company called up cannabis and they have one called the meridian oh, it's funny what that oh. and uh, i will say it went very well with that soundtrack and i was uh i just you know tripped over it i thought it, it was amazing it really took me back <laughs> and, and, and i'll admit like i'm one of those people like you, you know everybody likes what they like like and doesn't what they do and i've never been a big radiohead fan but i, I gotta admit when i heard uh talk show host it blew me away. I was like, oh, my God, that is a really good song. And, and mm -hmm. you know, I agree, too. I really liked, uh, you know, Cardigans are on there, too. And uh, I even like that uh, Little Star uh, as well. Little Star. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But I, yeah. I, mean, I just totally tripped. Like, it took me way back. I forgot. I completely forgot about this album and how good it was. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thought it was a fantastic soundtrack. Real, yeah. Real and kind of like off the back end of it, right? Like Mundy, I had never heard of Mundy before this. And mm -hmm. outside of like the big hits, um, To You I Bestow, I really liked that song. That one caught me and it caught me how much I liked it again because I'd kind of forgotten about it. Uh, and that made it back into rotation as well too. So the back half where you have some that are a little more weird, a little less well-known artists. Sorry, any Mundy fans, if you if you think of them as well known. Uh, but that one, yeah, I kind of echo your statement there as well, too. Cool. Alan, what did you think of it? Um, I actually really liked it. I loved the movie as well. I think Baz Luhrmann did a really good job of mm -hmm. making Shakespeare palatable, especially mm. uh, when it was sort of required reading material in school. Um, so I think maybe I probably could go back and watch the movie again and partake in a little bit of that meridian and enjoy it even more. <laughs> yeah. uh, but All right, it's a good one. For sure. The album, though, phenomenal as well. I There's a few standout tracks. Like for me, number one, Crush by Garbage. I remember mm. when that was oh, yeah, great tune. Oh, yeah. radio play. Uh, and that I think to this day, that's still one of my favorite songs from the 90s. Yeah, great um, I forgot entirely about Everclear and how much I enjoyed them until I revisited the soundtrack, like Local mm. Gods Banger. Mm -hmm. um, and Scott, I had a similar problem as you with that. I use Spotify primarily for my mm. audio uh, consumption, and there were a number of tracks that were unavailable, so I had to resort to finding it on YouTube. And yeah. I'm not sure what's up with that. I know sometimes Weird. certain artists have uh, 
disputes with their label, and so it gets pulled from the more conventional places you can find them. So I'm wondering, yeah. wondering what happened there. But um, that Angels song by Gavin Friday, I don't recall ever hearing it anywhere else other than the soundtrack. But it's, that was a good one. Yeah, there's just everything in this in this album was really good, save for there was like one or two tracks I don't think I would revisit. But cool, really, well, really overall solid. And how about your pick, Alan? You picked The Greatest Showman. Uh, tell us more. I, I picked The Greatest Showman. Um, yeah, uh, I'm kind of a fan of musicals, but not really a fan of, like, you know, the, the super highly choreographed dance numbers or anything. So for me, this was kind of a, a weird find that I gravitated to. I watched the movie last year and was just completely blown away by how, how well done it was. Um, the, all the music in the soundtrack was used in the film. So if you haven't seen the film, they probably don't make as much sense or it's not going to be as meaningful. But, um, you know, hearing Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman sing their asses off while being, you know, playing around on a trapeze or whatever is pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Um, the caliber of vocal talent that these people possessed was what really, really kind of struck me. Um, you know, being being a karaoke guy, I hear a lot of people sing, and I hear a lot of people try and sing these songs, and nobody's ever done it any justice. So. <laughs> Greatest yeah, show, fantastic, fantastic movie, but I think the soundtrack's the the best part of it. Yeah, I'll jump in. I, I liked it too. I, I I kind of alluded to it. I, I do like kind of live theater and some musicals and stuff. Now, some of them can get a little cheesy, and I think you know with uh, damn, what was that? What was the high school movie with all the singing there for a while? I high remember. School Musical? No, no, no. Glee? Yeah, Glee. Thank oh, you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I mean, I think for they, they kind of they smash it down everybody's throats there for years, and I think everybody got sick of that kind of yeah. thing. But you know, I, I think right now it's in a bit of a a time where what was it? L.A. Story was a musical too, and did well at the Academy Awards. Like it's starting to try and make a comeback, but I think it's a bit of a lost art form, and and I did really like it, and. Uh, I'm, I, I always said I have a bit of a man crush on Zac Efron. I think he's hilarious and super talented, you know. And I did watch high school musicals with the kids and stuff and <laughs> like them. And, you know, and, and like, no, I appreciate the talent. That's kind of what Alan's saying. And for those who don't know, too, Alan is an unbelievable singer. Uh, if you've never heard him or sing, singing, he's probably the only one in this group that actually has some musical talent. But it's true. Um, I can see why you like that, Alan. <laughs> and uh, I liked it as well. I, you know, I, I kind of, I thought, um, um, you know, the other side was a, a fun song. That's one kind of Zac Efron. And, and for those who don't know, it's really the story of P.T. Barnum, Barnum and Bailey, the circus, right? Like how that all came to be. I don't know the accuracy of the actual story related to the movie, but uh, it was good. It was entertaining. I, I really liked it. I did see the movie and I tried to listen to it without the movie and kind of struggled a bit. And I got to say, when I saw the movie, it did come together for me. Anyway, uh, Scott Gregory, what do you think? Yeah, I didn't watch the movie, uh, so maybe there is a layer that's missing. Uh, but I, I actually did enjoy it. Uh, I have a misspent youth of watching like Phantom of the Opera and a bunch of other stuff that uh, has managed to roll through town. Uh, Les Mis is one of my favorite, and it shows that things can go horribly wrong when you let people who don't have a background in singing do musicals. But this 
thankfully was not one of those cases. It's not like Anne Hathaway. Uh, well, who was the other guy in that one? Yeah. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Both of them kind of broke my heart on that one. But no, I, I really liked like when uh, the Zendaya, Zach uh, Efron uh, duet, the uh, Rewrite the Stars, that blew me away. I thought that on its own was worth the, uh, the entire album. But um, yeah, as far as show tunes uh, and a movie soundtrack kind of mashup go, I thought this was, this was good. I enjoy it. I probably will get around to watching the movie at some point. Uh, it just hadn't happened in, in this month, but yeah, I, I'm always really, really surprised um, that Hugh Jackman can sing and dance I just expect claws to come out of his hands at any given moment. And and when he puts on amazing performances in other roles, uh, using other skills, it always blows me away. So just judging him on his voice again in this one, uh, even coming right off the lead song, you have to be like, holy crap, this guy's got chops. For sure. And I think he was actually in a Baz Luhrmann musical, if I'm not mistaken. I oh, really? Australia. Yeah. Oh, was that him? Uh, yeah, I think so. Australia was Pretty good. sure, pretty sure. It was both, it was Makes a Baz Luhrmann film with Makes Hugh sense. Jackman, so. <laughs> now I have Things to. Things to check out. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Uh, uh, Scott Coates here. Yeah, I struggled. Um, I am <laughs> not a, I am not a musical guy. I just, I, I can't, I really don't like watching musicals and I have a tough time. So, but I will watch this. Uh, Alan, you've now piqued my interest enough. I will watch it. But uh, coming up to the kind of Christmas break, I didn't get around to it. I got through the album about one and a half times over many listens. I'd listened to a few tracks <laughs> and I, I just couldn't do it. Like full points again to Hugh Jackman. Like, wow, you're right. Like action hero, good looking guy, singer. I mean, rescues people out of the surf. Then I just read that he's taking these songs on the road, right? They're going to do a global like tour of him performing these songs live. So yep. oh, really? seriously, no. totally. yeah, seriously impressive performer. Um, but I've got to see the the movie, even though I don't like sound, or, uh, musicals. Then I think there'll be a bit more mm -hmm. depth and meaning to the whole thing, which I'm sorry I didn't get to it. So I'll watch it. Album on its own struggled, but I may enjoy the album more after I've seen the movie, which is kind of the whole point to this soundtrack round. Totally, yeah. and I think you will. I think you probably will. Again, like I'm not, I'm not huge in the whole musical theater thing, but mm. this one just I couldn't help but be impressed. So. Yeah, and I appreciate the pick, Alan, because it it added variety to this round too. Like, you know, Train Spotting, and uh, which we're going to get to here, and Romeo and Juliet were like, just you know, a collection of songs, you know. And I picked Superfly, which is one guy, but same thing, musical. Like we've at least covered some genres, so, so well, it's good. Well, yeah. as you're speaking, why don't you tell us about your pick? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I picked Superfly. So I'd seen this movie. I think I mentioned it in the write up that you know, years ago now, but. Uh, I just thought it was super funky. The movie's kind of cheesy and stuff, but uh, I always like my funk and kind of soul, and uh, it's good. And I mean, you know, Pusher Man and Freddy's Dead and Superfly, like, you know, big songs that probably anybody would recognize right away um, on their own, but realizing it actually came from this kind of black exploitation film that was released under the same name in uh, 1972. Uh, and interesting, I think I put it in, but the soundtrack actually outsold the movie. Uh, it doesn't happen very much, but uh, it really did. And I mean, it's it's literally known. It's like 69th all-time Rolling Stone, but it's in top lists all the time. 
and really the influence from it came from it was one of the first um not necessarily soundtracks but really album that really covered it from the you know not the hero's perspective you know it's easy to make a song like i'm the best and everybody's feeling great but this one the first time it was like from the street and it was more from the victim's perspective so this whole album is really from a victim's perspective on like kind of how it was in the streets you know for you know black people in america at the time in the late 60s early 70s so it, it really a story and like the the list of people influences is, is crazy it's like James Brown, Sam Cooke, uh, uh, Marvin Gaye, like even Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Elton John, like they, they cited it as like, it changed the way they thought about music. Even Sam Cooke, who was like a well-renowned like soul man, if you know that song, but like he did songs like that, but then he started to change. And even James Brown too became, instead of just fun, super funky songs, they actually started to address social issues. So that was, it's known for that to really be one of the first albums to break through and not just be super fun, happy music to be like, wow, this is what it's like on the streets and the social problems of the day. So I, I kind of, I think I latched onto that a bit too, but yeah, I mean, so Curtis Mayfield, I didn't mention that it was him, but obviously like, so yeah. So I guess, what did you think, uh, Alan? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I have not seen Superfly. This was the only movie in our, uh, in our month of reviews that I have not seen. Um, but I think I probably should, because again, just like with uh, Greatest Showman, I think maybe it'll make more sense. Because from my perspective, <laughs> like all the songs are about getting high and drugs and yeah, the, yeah, the perils of doing and dealing drugs. Um, and uh, interestingly, a few of these songs I'd actually heard before. I don't, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why or where, but like Pusher Men, for example, was as soon as I heard it, I'm like, oh shit, I know this song. I don't know why. But I know this song, and I have not seen the movie. Um, super funky music, though. Even the uh, even the instrumental stuff was kind of cool. Um, I remember throwing on. I was playing like Grand Theft Auto or something at the time. I was listening to mm -hmm. this, and I thought this is kind of perfect because mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm going around shooting people and making drug runs <laughs> in the virtual <laughs> world. So <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. Very funky. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, of funk as well too. So when I saw you pick this, uh, I was really excited. Um, there are some standout tracks on there as well too. I think I hadn't seen Superfly in in quite a while, but it definitely just syncs up perfectly with uh, with the feel of the movie, with uh, Curtis Mayfield's kind of activism in the uh, the background as well too. With uh, you know, his involvement in the civil rights movement and using his music inside of that as well, telling this story inside of the movie and getting across the impression that uh, it is dirty. It's not like this glamorous thing that uh, that's happening on the street and that, uh, you know, mother's crying, baby's dying kind of thing. And it's, um, yeah, I was really impressed. I think it, it works on its own. Uh, obviously, because it sold like a bazillion copies, and um, and just all around threw me into a funk uh, in a good way. I uh, I have a tendency to lean back down into to funk, and this pushed me there. I think I texted back to you <laughs> that uh, that yeah, this was my my favorite pick uh, out of the four, simply because it, it threw me down a rabbit hole again, and I love it when that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah and. Uh... 
God, I feel like I really failed being the one that had the idea to uh, do soundtracks and then I didn't watch any of the movies. <laughs> I've never seen Superfly. But, uh, Scott, you just made a good comment. Like, it's standing on its own, right? And I think all four of these soundtracks do stand on their own, whereas some soundtracks really only go with the movie. And mm. um, you're right. Like, there's a lot of songs on here. I'm like, oh, I've heard that song. Like, I knew Pusher Man, but then a lot of the other ones, I'm like, oh, I've heard this. I've heard this. And... Darren, you saying the narrative from like the bad guy's point of view or the victim's point of view, like I really started listening to Pusher Man. You're like, oh yeah. And then I remembered Ice T used the sample from that on one of his songs from the Power album. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge for me as a kid. So that was cool. And then it also got me thinking of that uh, song. I think it didn't come out till 84. So 12 years after this, but White Lines. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Uh, you like yeah. the Duran Duran version? Or? Yeah. I haven't heard that version, but I mean, it, it, it talked about hustling in the street and stuff. So I was like, oh, I bet you this kind of influenced that too, right? So yeah, definitely yeah. enjoyed the album on his own. And and now again in the new year, I've got to find a place to uh, rent, I suppose, these movies and uh, yeah, have a go. But it, but interesting pick, and I love funk, so good one. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny, I didn't even touch on it, but yeah, heavily sampled by hip-hop and rap, obviously, uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Yellow, Cool J, Coolio, just a few, like, and in pop, too, they use it, too, uh, yeah, I know Vanessa Williams, and mm. I think Whitney Houston and others, yeah, yeah, sampled it, yeah. Mm. Cool. Good one. All right, well, I think that leads us back to you, Scott. Yeah, so this, I, I gotta admit, I didn't have to think long at all about this, and maybe it was a cop-out that I didn't think of something... Um, that took me a bit longer, but this goes back to 1996. It's hard to believe Train Spotting is 22 years old. Wow. But this is an album. Again, I was a DJ at the time. There was a lot of hits off this, but I remember when I first heard it, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know. Like, I don't think I knew Nightclubbing or Lust for Life by Iggy Pop. I certainly mm-hmm. didn't know a lot of the bands like Pulp on this or Elastica or Left World, but I still listen to this album a lot. Like, and I love it as an album, as a collection of songs. But when I listen to the album, I've seen the movie 30 times probably. So it also yeah. deeply connects me to parts in the movie. Like Lust for Life, if you've seen the movie, you remember them hauling ass through Edinburgh after yeah. feeling something at the beginning. Like probably my favorite song off this, strangely enough, is, um, well, I really like a final hit, which is they're just on a bus going to London on it and i mean born slippery by underworld is incredible Um, but the one i really think i like the most and i'm drawing a complete blank here now it's like 11 minute song um what the hell's it called i'll come back to it anyway um, like the train spotting song itself and long dark and long exactly dark and long like i have that on some running playlists and like that comes on it's like 11 minutes and i just sort of like really you know, go into a bit of his own. But yeah, this one, as far as connecting to the movie and the moments in the movie, to me, I really can remember every moment in the movie that the songs uh, were in. And I think it's great. I, I really enjoy it. So uh, why don't we throw to Alan? Yeah. Um, this, believe it or not, was actually the album I had probably the hardest time with. Hmm. Um, and that's only because a few of the tracks didn't really resonate with me. Um, like, for example, Nightclubbing by Iggy Pop. I recognized the song from having seen the movie fairly recently, but on its own, I didn't really dig the track so much. So that's just an example. But they also pull from such a wide variety of different artists that, um, for me, just some of them, some of them resonated, 
resonated more than others. Uh, but I mean, I'm I'm listening to this and I'm going, oh yeah, okay, I remember this. I remember this scene in the movie. Um, there were some really iconic ties back to it. Uh, so it it was good. It was pretty good. Um, let me let me think here for a moment. There was one song by I think it was Joy Division or whatever. I don't New know Order. if that was New Order. New Order was it New Order? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, Temptation. Uh, yeah, I really liked that one. That one was really good. Um, yeah, I like that too. Uh, and then how do you go wrong with Brian? You know, he's he's, uh, he's <laughs> yeah. a genius. So I don't know. Cool. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. It made me want to watch the movie all over again. I don't know that I would listen to the album again, but <laughs> certainly the movie. Okay, cool. How about uh, Mr. Gregory? Uh, I love Train Spotting the movie. I, I also love the album, not only because of the tie-ins, and you can really uh, remember, like I've seen it a number of times too, right? So being able to recall those scenes and, and enjoy it from that perspective as well. But uh, I do enjoy me some British music. So for me, Elastica, Pulp, Blur, uh, New Order, all of that was in my wheelhouse before the movie. Uh, it, it's interesting because uh, they're not all the tracks that I would have put on a playlist if I was picking those artists. But because it's tied in with a movie uh, and it's got that extra layer to it and they're, they're artists, I think I enjoy them a little bit more because of that. I think Born Slippy by Underworld is just ridiculous. It destroys on a level I, I can't even convey. It just takes you to, you know, this energy level and just stays there the entire time. And you eventually collapse in a pool of sweat if you're dancing to it. Um, Iggy Pop, uh, not a lot to say about him. The, the man's really good. <laughs> and so the lead off Lust for Life, right? It just kind of sets the tone for the entire album and, and kind of goes in through there. I, I find... You could probably use this out as a workout album if you wanted, I guess, right? Like the uh, the energy level just stays constantly high. And um, I don't know. Beyond that, you know, like I, I don't know what else I could say about it. It's just okay. it's a moment in time for me that I, I really enjoy. Cool. Darren Scott. Yeah, yeah, great soundtrack. I, I love this one. I think, you know, Scott, you probably do. I'm a big fan of Train Spotting as well. And, uh, uh, it's funny, I mean, I, I liked it at the time, but, you know, in the last four or five, dove into music maybe even more intense and especially even punk, and I've really, it's funny, I'm actually reorganizing my album collection, and I have, like, six or seven Iggy Pop albums, and I just, I realized, I'm like, wow, I have a lot of Iggy Pop, and I realized <laughs> I really love Iggy Pop, um, and I've become to respect him more and more yeah. uh, over the time, so, I mean, he has three songs on this, and... Uh, it's funny, you said nightclubbing. I actually realized that was written in the 76, 77 by Bowie. Him and Bowie were like just wasted in Germany for like a in year Berlin. together in Berlin. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, they just, there's this, there's epic stories and things from this time, and they vaguely remember them. But uh, that was one of the songs that came out of that era. So that really, you know, kind of plays for me, and I, and I, I love it. Um, I can't, you know, I mentioned Brian, you know, that, you know, Deep Blue, uh, Deep Blue Day or whatever the song is, and uh, I can't think of uh, Swimming in Poop. 
every time I hear that, I'm just like, that's all I can think of. If you haven't seen the movie, you'll, 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 you'll figure that out. I mean, I like Primal Scream on there. It's funny you mentioned New Order, too. I, I love New Order back in the day. Joy Division was maybe a bit from that time. I've grown to like them now, but I like New Order. And I thought this was kind of their last, you know, big hit. You know, their newer stuff is okay to me, but I really like their older stuff like that. And Lou Reed on there, too, with Perfect Day. And, I mean, yeah, Velvet Underground fame and Lou Reed, you know, just classic. Love this soundtrack. I think it's awesome. Definitely a must listen, especially for those who like kind of alt and British, you know, punk and rock. Uh, fantastic, fantastic. Definitely. Well, 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 I hope you guys enjoyed this round of picks. I, and, again, I'm really sorry because, for me, the big one on my list was to watch the movies to kind of find the connection between the songs and the movies and i didn't end up making that happen but i'm going to over the next couple of weeks and uh, alan the greatest probably kudos to you to get me to watch the greatest showman because i wouldn't have watched it <laughs> there and, you uh, go it's good it's yeah good. hugh jackman yeah, owes alan 10 cents for royalties yeah. well hopefully i'll be doing some guys and dolls style dancing around my living room while watching mm. it but, uh, there you go. yeah I look forward to it. So thanks, everyone, for listening to this uh, different round of picks. We'll be back with something for January. We are undecided what it is for now. So for now, adios, muchachos, and happy New Year. Buenos dias. Merry Christmas. <laughs>